Are you a sex worker looking to build a new website or a website redesign? Then you'll want to consider Fox Digital. They did a fantastic job designing my website, Stripped by Sia. If you want your website done, mention that you're a listener of the show at foxdigital.design for 20% off. Tell them I sent you. Welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi. I have no idea when I'll be back on stage again, but you'll just have to listen here or check my socials in case you want to come get a dance for me in person or come chat or, you know, tell me how much you love the show, etc., etc. Um, I will keep you all posted on that. If not, I am also a digital content creator, so I do have an OnlyFans. And I guess now at this point, I can definitely say that I am immersed in cam officially so you can definitely find me on streammate i'm usually on every single wednesday from 4 30 to 6 30 p.m um pacific standard time so come see me there it's see you on camera it which is my handle and yeah i guess a long time ago i used to be a sugar baby and that was a lot uh a lot of time and a lot of years and experience um i guess 10 years ago um and yeah that's that's kind of me and my sex work history <laughs> in a nutshell so i've been doing a lot of things and for the past few years i have been doing this show as the host and producer which is a weekly show that i bring on different guests every single week to help destigmatize the sex industry because as you may know our industry is highly highly stigmatized if you aim to destigmatize by sharing the stories, the lived experiences, and just being really transparent about the work we do, because I just feel a lot of our work is often just, you know, people are really misguided about their opinions, assumptions, etc. So I am just here to set the record straight. <laughs> and this week is no different. I'm bringing on a very special guest, which I will be announcing really really soon after we get through all the jargon so if you want to skip through to the five minute mark you're welcome to do that because i just have to say hello to all of our patreon subscribers online so a few of you are on the top tier and the second tier which you get some little uh fan shout outs on the show so i just want to take a moment to say hello and say thank you for helping support the show all of your proceeds go to funding the website and keeping that up and running and I just want to personally say hello to Snoo Snoo all the way from Germany. We've got Arub Sarkar and Jay Sunsern, who are both from Vancouver, BC, where I am from. Uh, we also have Ted McGuire. We have Marty Lang, uh, Trey Lanti, and Justin Erickson from Vancouver, Washington. So hello. Thank you. And a lot of you have been there since day one. So thank you so much. If you are interested in becoming a patron, it is patreon.com slash stripped by Sia and tiers start at $4 a month, which is super uh, accessible for like a price of a coffee. And you don't have to, if you want to just do it one time, like one once a month and then stop, you could do whatever you want there. You can check it out. Patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. Um, additionally, I'm also on a network called skyhawkaftardarktv.com. It is a uh, network of video casts and an other adult related industry like podcasts and stuff too. A lot of which um, my fellow peers have their own shows. Lots of guests uh, also have their own shows on there as well. So if you like this kind of content and shows similar to mine, you might enjoy some of the shows that are on there. So go check it out. It's skyhawkaftardarktv.com. And last but not least, um, I was talking about the website and keeping it funded, keeping it up and running. Um, that is all thanks to my sponsor, Fox Digital. Fox Digital makes wonderful websites. If you really want to get a website up there, which I think is really, really important for your online presence, or maybe you have an existing website and want to just get it zhuzhed up or get it redone, go message Anthony at foxdigital.design because uh, listeners of Strip by Sia get 20% off. So be sure to hit them up. It's foxdigital.design. 
Okay. Oh, under five minutes. Okay. Better. <laughs> Getting better every single week. So I was talking about a special guest that is going to be joining me today. And I'm super excited to get this conversation going because we're going to be talking all about virtual reality, which is something I haven't really talked about really on the show much. Like maybe we've mentioned it here and there, but we really haven't gotten like the virtual reality 101. We, we need to have a lesson on this. We need to educate ourselves on this because it's maybe where the future might be going and already it has been established for quite a few years already. So because I am not an expert at this and I don't know that much about it, of course, I had to bring some professional expertise on the show. And I would like to extend a warm welcome to Lindsay Banks, aka Banksy, the queen of camming. And we are onto the show this week to help me navigate through this topic. Um, I just wanted to say hello and ask Banksy, are you there? Hi. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Who's the cutest? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, you hyped me up too, but it was awesome also listening to everything you have to say. So thanks, everyone. That's supporting. Y'all <laughs> Well, if you all didn't know who Banksy was or was, is, who is Banksy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue hype you up, girl. So Banksy, from what I know, of you online and from my online sleuthing. You are also a fellow creator. Um, you're also a cam model, YouTuber, uh, speaker. You've also given back tons to the Latinx uh, sex work community, BLM. You've supported sex workers during COVID. You have over 10 years of experience in the adult industry, and I can probably go on and on, but I think this is my summarization. Oh, my, what oh my God. Else. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm like, wow, you did you did do your research. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. That makes me sound nice. <laughs> God, cool. You've accomplished a lot, and that's something that, like um, – when Crystal and I were talking about you, we're like, hmm, like, wow, I, I really appreciate this person. And I, I feel like we can get along and and she would have a lot to say on the show. So first of all, thank you for all that you've done for the adult community <laughs> and the community. Aww, <laughs> thank you, you new community. In the emails, I was like, do I say community? But I was like, it's okay. Like, it comes it comes through when it does. But it really, <laughs> the community is really a separate branch from you know, the entire adult industry, which includes so much, like there's mainstream porn, mm -hmm. there's clip artists, there's cameras, there's so much in between too, amateurs, pros, whatever you want to call it. So it's cool. There's a lot. There's a lot. And you've done a lot too. And I'm really excited for myself to actually get to know you in detail and also for the audience to get to know you in detail as well. But before we like dive into everything with both feet in, I'd love to throw the mic back to you and ask how you'd like to be defined or how you would define yourself in your own words and terms. Okay. So my friends call me Banksy. Um, people know me as Lindsay Banks and I don't know. I, I guess as far as defining myself, um, I'm a very proud Latina and my title, I have so many different titles. I've done so many different things throughout my cam career. Um, I started in camming. I did a lot of different things with different companies in the adult industry, starting with, you know, um, my first cam company. I was a brand ambassador for uh, Flirt for Free. I won a lot of awards with them. Then I went on to Fleshlight. And I was, well, actually, that was kind of a collaboration type thing. I was a Fleshlight girl, Fleshlight cam mm -hmm. star. And then I moved into other work with um, Pornhub Records, also work with Pornhub, um, and also Clip Sides, Clips for Sale, um, helped me with something too before, and now Motor Bunny, and doing a whole bunch in the VR space, which mm -hmm. is a lot of stuff that I'm still learning too. And it's cool, it's cool because like my viewers has got, have gotten to like go through that experience with me, like from when I started, whether it's camming or my adventures in virtual reality now. It's really cool to see, even just in the year, all the differences and things that are on the come up for virtual reality. 
Yeah, and we'll definitely be speaking about that later on the show for sure. And gosh, I mean, as you were starting to list out everything too, I was like, I feel like I missed a lot. (laughs) No, there's a lot that, you know, I, I didn't start social media until a little bit into my career. So I was like, okay, okay with that, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's weird to think about the kind of, you look at the kind of people that are in those you know, that get those opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And to be somebody that has gotten a lot of those opportunities, it's really, really not just fortunate. Like, I'm very thankful. I'm very, very yeah. thankful. But also because it opens that doorway, too, for other people to want to also do it because maybe they they feel like they might relate in some kind of way. And totally. that goes- that goes even down to being a cam girl, right? I don't know. Yeah, no, there's lots. You, yeah, lots. There's lots there. I would say for sure, like you've been presented with so many great opportunities, obviously because of your hard work. And also it's like it's really humbling to be in a space like that. And then for other people within the community, but also within sex work, but also people part of like the Latinx community as well to look up to you and be like, hey, she looks like me. I can maybe do something like this or I can see a future in this. Yeah. Right? And you know, the thing too about the culture is that we all look so different. It's such a big community. Like a lot of people that speak Spanish out there in the world right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just so, I don't know, like, sure, maybe somebody might look like me, but maybe it's just even knowing because there's some people I have no clue that they're even uh, have any relation to my background, maybe, I don't know, for some reason we find out, I find out you're Mexican and I'm like, oh my God, you relate on so many more levels because of the experiences that you've gone through that maybe they kind of understand a little bit more about. So it's- Yeah, there's like almost like a more of a closeness with that. Yeah, it really is. It's almost like being from Texas. Well, why don't we start right at the beginning in terms of like, because I know you kind of just glossed over it a little bit, but how did you get started in sex work? So um, I say, I'm like, if you, (laughs) when I promote this, I'm like, you know, if you have listened before, a lot of people know that I started because it was a very survival sex work type of thing. I was in a situation where, you know, I needed to make money and I needed it. I need my money. I need it now. And, you know, camming really, I thought it was like fake. I found it on actually Craigslist. It was a Craigslist ad. Oh. And it was like one of those make five to $5,000 in a week or something. I'm like, come on, like whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, Ended up reaching out, did whatever. I had no clue that it was even part of the adult industry, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then I talked with somebody about it and they're all, no, it's like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. Okay, like, let me try, whatever. And I tried and I was like, I'm going to just see if it's even real. Do I get money back? And sure enough, I got that first check. I just made the payout, which was like $100, waited to see if it was real. And I got money and I processed, I put it in the bank account and I was like, what the heck? This is legit. Like, okay, I worked more. And then I, the more I worked, um, I mean, the more people saw and, you know, the more you work, the (laughs) more opportunities you get. But like, it was just so, I don't know. It was a transition to even be okay with it in the end, Mm -hmm. eventually, because it's something that was, I was very private about. Nobody kind of knew kind of thing. And when I slowly started to tell people, um, earlier on in my career, it was a scary thing. You know what I mean? And there's people that very few people that's the ground to be honest, but it just, like I said, is a transition to getting to a point where you're okay with what you're doing to sustain your life. And if it's something like I've had so many great experiences in the adult industry and that's why I stayed in it. And Aside from, you know, financially, I've met so many people that have taught me so many things. Oh, my gosh. 
I mean, I'm sure you know a lot of the behind the scenes too. It's just, it's really <laughs> crazy. It's really crazy those things you go through. <laughs> no, definitely. And and going back to kind of what you said too, because there's there's so many great points and just the the little that you told me there. Um, yes. So you were in a situation that you know you needed money yesterday. You need yeah, like you needed the money for this. And that's a lot of people's reasons in terms of like why they get into sex work. We all have different reasons why we get into sex work, correct? Um, but this was something that you initially had kept really private. Um, was this because was there were you facing your own stigma and shame for the work that you were doing at this point? And and like you're like, I don't know if I ever want to divulge this kind of information to anybody. That's a really good question. I've never been asked this question. Um, I think internally, yeah, I never even knew that it could be something that I could continue on in my life and have a a job, let alone a career. And so, yeah, I I was ashamed. I would say I was ashamed. Like I didn't want to tell any of my family members. I didn't want to tell. And even like I was in a relationship at the time and it was very hard. It was a very, very difficult, um, I guess, just getting used to it being like of sexual nature, right? But it also being like your job. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that even like made me feel more ashamed, right? Um, With experiences like, you know, what people say, uh, people that are close to you, that the things that they'll say that really do affect why you d- are not public, why you don't explain and tell people and want to show other people that, hey, you can actually thrive in something like this and actually learn how to feel empowered even because I did ultimately come out and I feel like sometimes I'm like, am I a little too liberated here? Because, oh my gosh, I can talk. And I will say things now that I'm like, oh, I used to be very like, you know, people, I, people would walk all over me. And I, I'll be damned if I let that keep happening now. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I don't know about other people, but I can, I'm just speaking for myself too. Like when I first started in sex work too, like when I was a sugar baby, I didn't even consider that as sex work because I was like trying to put a separation between the two. I'm like, no, I'm just going on like paid dates and I'm just, you know, being a companion for this person, a paid companion, and that's not sex work. But, like, I was, like, I didn't know about what, like, whorephobia was at that time, and I was just, like, pushing it down because I was, like, I don't want to be associated with sex work or the adult industry. That's not who I am. That's not, you know, it's not something I'm going to parade around. Um, So I feel like maybe there might be some kind of similarity there, too, and also just not understanding – like when we're first getting into the industry, what does work actually entail sometimes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's truly, yeah, truly. Oh my God, it's so much more. It really is a business when you treat it, when you treat it like a business, like when you are thriving from it, like it's because you've started treating it like, like a business. Um, it yeah, is not necessarily so that it's a nine to five, but but it's your own it, hustle. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think that's what's so awesome about being in the kind of spaces that we are because we can kind of be so create. We have the option to be so creative and do, I don't know, figure out a way how to do something you're good at or that you like. I don't know. You have so many, so much opportunity to take advantage of. Yeah. Take advantage. You're in on what, I don't know. And then ultimately maybe monetize if you like but if some people just like doing it for the pleasure too so teach their own yeah to each their own because then sometimes too like some people look down upon other people and how they conduct their business um or the rates that they charge and stuff too and and i feel like there is a certain degree of privilege that can come with that and also even the ability to share with people what you do like to the the ability to be like okay I'm, I'm an out sex worker or to be face out even 
Like there, there's so much with that. And sometimes people don't understand other people's reasonings why they might be in this line of work or if there's like children or family or abusive situations involved. Like you can't judge. You just can't. Yeah, because we really don't know. I mean, I feel like the, a lot of people that I've met and encountered in the adult industry, if anything, like – we try very hard to be, or at least, you know, I want, I want to be friends with people that want to be aware and like very, let's say like open-minded and allow people to not just express themselves, but like at the same time, be educated enough to know how to do it in the right way and how to make sure that you're protected, but also people around you are protected as well, right? Because a lot of people have kids, a lot of people have, let's say, relationships that they might not want to talk about um, to fans or mm-hmm. people that are open about their relationship that, hey, you need to be careful and watch out with the privacy maybe of your significant other. I don't know. There's so many, so much to it. <laughs> yeah. There's so many reasons. Yeah. And even like cultural reasons too like as like for me an Asian person like it's it's very different (laughs) like like sex work is like not a thing like people we just don't do that and that's not viewed as legitimate and there's like a lot of shame and stigma that comes with that like it's I don't know how it might be in Mexican culture is it kind of similar to that as well it's similar I feel like with both ends, like um, in the Asian culture and, you know, uh, Hispanic culture that we're very fetishized in certain aspects, in certain ways. So it's very relatable in a sense that, you know, there are certain things that are very stereotypical about even the titling of what a lot of major companies and brands like will put or even things that are incorrect just to fall under a title or to monetize off of that you know and it's kind of like exploitative to me Uh, but oh I'm just like what like you know you can take the time to actually ask some I've had I have a close friend of mine where she's totally she's Indian and Indo-Caribbean and they always say that she's Mexican she's always labeled under the Latina category and she's just like you know they don't even have a biracial option or And it's just Mm -hmm. sad to hear. Like, I hate hearing it because I know it's not just her. You know, there's a lot of stories I've heard and experiences from people that are in mainstream industries and do mainstream porn where you can really dive into a whole bunch of issues that come with not just our family and our background, but also it's so embedded into the system of like how how it kind of runs. Yeah, I know. It's like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Systemic. Systemic, like problematic. <laughs> and I Very mean, this problematic. Oh my gosh. Like, this is definitely, we could probably spend a whole hour. Like, once you break that. through, like, once you break through, like, okay, I'm out, I'm open about this, like, whatever's happened, like, with your personal relationships have happened, right? You move on to a point of like okay the people in the industry and like kind of where you stand like are you gonna be somebody that just continues to be a worker or whatever or are you gonna speak out too and because there's you kind of went through all of this stuff and there's other people and people that are new to the industry that come into it with similar backgrounds and they might be going through something that maybe you were on a panel speaking and they heard you speaking and they were just like I don't know it so much (laughs) Yeah, no, I I hear you with that too. It's just, it's like, we need to say something. And that's why I'm really glad for all the projects that you're involved with too. And your outspokenness and advocacy as well, because um, a lot of these things are systemically broken and based on problematic stereotypes, which honestly should be stopped at the forefront, but still continue to happen or super rampant in in our industry, especially. But again, like we can be talking about this for another hour for sure, or more than that. Um, But (laughs) which which I find super interesting. And also it it will just get me really fired up. (laughs) I know. I'm like, uh uh-oh, we, 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 
if we ever meet in real life, hopefully you come to a show or something. <laughs> like <laughs> we definitely need to like have a dinner or like hang out, talk because oh, so much Get the shit off done just by the conversation. Yeah. And that's how change is made, right? Through sparking conversation and and normalizing a lot of our work, right? And, and stuff like this. But um, I'd love to talk about to you as well, in addition to all this, uh, about virtual reality and your involvement, how you even got introduced into that corner of sex work and, and that kind of space. But maybe we'll start off from the top in terms of like defining maybe in your own words, what virtual reality is for the audience and for those who like me maybe don't know what that whole area is. So I guess in my own words, virtual reality is um, an immersive experience that you can get into virtually. It uh, typically is enjoyed, hopefully, with a headset. Uh, But on YouTube, you can also view any video that's uploaded in virtual reality in standard HD for those of you that do not have a headset, which I am a high believer that people should be given the resources um, to be able to view the kind of content, especially if they've never had the experience before, because it's so crazy to hear how many people have not had that experience with virtual. They've never even had one experience with VR because they don't have access to a headset. They're very costly. So yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, and I guess me and my, how I got into the space, um, I was kind of excited because I was actually offered another brand ambassadorship with a different cam company, a strip chat mm. where they have streaming in VR. It is in 180 VR. And if y'all don't know what 180 VR is, that means it's just the front side versus 360, which is you can view the everything. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And um, yeah, I we could get into some stuff there for sure, but it is definitely a different experience, especially when you're live. Um, mm. it's, it's there, it, it definitely makes you feel more connected, I feel like, in my experience and from experiences that I've heard from other people as well. But um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I want to talk more about the VR, but can I? No, let's, <laughs> let's, let's definitely talk about all things VR for sure, too. So let, let's talk about, um, and I didn't, I didn't even know that you can watch it in HD at all I thought you only had to have the headset but like let maybe let's talk about accessibility and uh equipment what the cost might be because I have no idea what that cost nowadays (laughs) so as far as okay so I have a a personal branded VR headset that at least for me it made sense to do something that was more low cost, something that was going to be mobily accessible. So somebody can put their phone inside the headset to watch me because on strip chat, you can view me on, I guess your phone VR. However that you can go and check, you can go and check later on my stuff, how to figure it out. But um, yeah, it's just, and I'm, I'm like, oh, where was I going with this? Um, it's very different, like the accessibility to it, because companies are very worried about, okay, how are you going to make money off of doing VR? And there's not a lot of return back on, you know, there's not a lot of profit, let's say, right now going on in VR, unless you have a customer that, and typically, if you have somebody using an Oculus or a headset that is, you know, more costly, then that person is more likely to be converted to spend more money. They're more likely to spend more money because they probably have the income for that. So for me, I was, well, there's all different kinds of headsets, right? There's very expensive ones. There's some that are kind of in between. And for me, I was like, well, it is definitely a different kind of headset, but it also comes with secret content it also comes with and I you know I I I was trying to think about my my kind of viewer and the viewers that also might not have the resources to experience it and once they experience Mm. that they're gonna want to come along with you for the ride because it is very different it is very different 
And I don't know. Have you ever tried VR? I've tried it in a video game setting. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Which gaming, there's a lot of things that we could even touch on, like as far as gaming, that gaming has already implemented, but it does impact like us as sex workers too. But um, yes, uh, freaking, I've, I've had people literally tell me like, especially people that are like paraplegic that mm. their first experience, like trying VR, they went through like, I forgot what the experience was. It was not like a live stream. It was a regular VR video. And they, they were like, it felt like they were walking again, like because wow. they had their, their legs to due to being in the military. And right, so when yeah. he tried on that experience, it must've been a really damn good headset too. Cause whatever, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Wow. Like the kind of experience, like, I, I one time, like, I'm like, I'm, I'll show you, literally. <laughs> I one time reached and I, like, cleaned the lens to this right here. And my customer was like, oh, my God. He's like, it, it really felt like as if you were reaching and, like, rubbing his eyebrow or something. because it Really? Was yeah. So, so cool. It's kind of interesting. And then hearing – I get to interview people in 360 VR on my YouTube – and hearing ah. performers talk about how they shoot VR even is super interesting. Super, like, the things they do to get that POV VR content out, because I swear, <laughs> like, it's a lot of work that they put into that. But yeah, um, I really believe that it, it's only getting better. Technology only gets better. So mm -hmm. for us to stay kind of involved and be leaders in that space um is kind of important because we are also are producing the content and being the performers for people and bigger companies that are making that content for us too so it's like you know it's a lot to learn but yeah it's, it's a lot there's, there's a, a lot there for sure and like maybe we can go into some specifics like for for say like an entry level a person like is curious about VR but doesn't want to spend a lot of money on a really fancy headset, um, what kind of range are we kind of looking at or like starting range in in general? So if you want like a medium type, like okay, in between, I feel like three hundred to four hundred is something that I'd invest to get you know a better quality headset. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the newer Oculus says, is there Google that's coming out with one too? It's like six, there's something that's like $600, which is a pretty great one. That might be the quest. Wow. And I mean, it only gets more expensive from there. Like the better the quality is, but yeah, mine is $100. <laughs> oh, good. So, so yeah, yeah, mine is $100 because I do want it to be, I mean, the customer is going to use it to see me in VR in a show. So yeah. <laughs> and they get so an autograph cool. so love it yeah <laughs> well that's okay though yeah yeah because like, I feel like the range can be like you know quite accessible for some for some and then it can kind of like go up from there so would that kind of um change the clientele that you would receive then yeah yeah talk to us about so. that okay so yeah. when I'm streaming live I definitely see the difference, like how many people come into the room that are in VR, which um, is more than a handful for sure throughout the night, like people pop in and out. Sometimes it's the same people though, which is why it's like, well, it's still, it's slowly growing for sure. When I mm -hmm. first started streaming, I guess, which was now, is it two years or something? Oh <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Cause it was Time like, flies. definitely like, okay, like kind of pulling teeth, like, you know, and like, <laughs> mm -hmm. but people are resistant to change. People are really resistant. If they're used to a certain kind of way, especially with technology, but we're, we're literally in the, we're in a technological revolution. Like it's like an industrial revolution. Totally. I mean, when, when you were first kind of transitioning into VR, because I guess, yeah, you had like a brand partnership that was presented to you. Did you have any hesitations kind of going into it? Because you're like, I have no freaking idea <laughs> what this is about or like, what about the clientele? Maybe they're not there. 
I was excited about it, to be honest. I don't think there's ever really been too much hesitation on my part to be a part of the space because I've always kind of wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And even before I was presented with the option, um, I was really until getting into more of the tech space or wanting to be. Yeah. And so I will say whenever, if you're new and listening to this or watching this, um, when you're presented with options to be featured or to be somebody that streams in VR on a platform, if they're offering that, because sometimes the way that I bought my, I will disclaim, this is my VR camera. I purchased it because sometimes some companies will come back and like, even though you have put in investment of your time and your clientele and making whatever, it's like, oh, okay, interesting. Like how some people will move around when without disclaiming any names, like you just have to make sure that you're not being used and that you ask questions as to, you know, well, how much are your feature shows paying? Um, what is your rate or, you know, and if you're asked already have your rate prepared or something, but there, there are companies out there that will definitely try to, especially because you're new and because this is new technology, they typically people are, all I've heard is like from performers, at least on my end, maybe it's because I'm in the space is like excitement about the technology. So mm -hmm. I want there to be the excitement, but also not to be exploited. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the last thing we want, right? Because I feel like anytime something new um, is emerging in the space, there's always like the that that always like the dark corner that there's always going to be someone's going to try to take advantage of a performer or like or even clientele sometimes too that can happen on that side as well that no one likes to talk about. But I'm going to say it here. So it's true. It's so true. Yeah. And like sometimes the the let's say whether it's a like a client a user and sometimes it's a top client or a top person that like you thought you were very close to and because they think that they have I don't know a financial hold of you or something mm. or that they can either control you or be some type of way about how you're choosing how to conduct yourself when it's like you know what like I am you're not going to tell me what to do like <laughs> yeah Exactly. It, it happens. It happens, unfortunately. I remember, like, when I first started, like, my first foray into cam, like, this is back in 2020, and I was on, like, my free cams because, like, I'm just going to try it out. Got to dip my toes, lost all my jobs. And then, um, of course, you're going to have those people in your room. They're like, oh, like, let me show you how to do this. And I'll, like, mm -hmm. moderate and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, now you owe me this. And I'm like, I don't Reloader. fucking owe you anything. Yeah, I'm like, get out of here. Like, still just asking for free. Like, they will definitely be there doing that. I definitely yeah. say something. And some performers are very scared because, like, when you're new and you don't know even what a real tip is, like, they'll be in there trying to fake tip you and you think, like, and you're yeah. like, ah. And it's like, what the heck? Like, there are those users, thankfully, those angel users that will, like, kind of come in and be like, oh, that's not – or, like, try to help that's you right. out or tell you, like – I don't know. Sometimes I've had them be like, don't talk to her like that. Stick up for me. And I'm like, but it usually has to take me sticking up for myself first, which is yeah. like kind of ridiculous. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I mean, I mean, that maybe helped me grow some balls too. So <laughs> me too. Me too. Cause I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to give you anything unless you pay me first. Number one rule in sex work, as we all know, get paid first get the money go to private and then you can talk to me like that okay exactly <laughs> which i've had before it was so crazy but i'm like okay well i'm in private <laughs> no i hear you i hear you with that the struggle is real i hate like having to gatekeep those people because it's so exhausting sometimes like can you just leave block goodbye mm -hmm. <laughs> but still stay subscribed and like and comment <laughs> yeah, exactly right there's a fine line. There's a fine uh -huh. line. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk to you about, like, along with this conversation with virtual reality, and as we go into, um, yeah, more into, like, tele teledildonics, 
oh my God, I had to like take a second to try to pronounce that, teledildonics. Um, can you explain to the audience what that term might mean and how that can really enhance um, like your, your stream, your performance, your shows? Tell us about this new technology. Newish. Teledildonics. So, <laughs> so I guess the the broader term is cyberdildonics. And teledildonics is kind of a little branch part of that. And um, it involves like interactive, um, basically virtually interactive use of pleasure products. And there's different kinds that you can find. Um, I'll use Fleshlight as an example because I was a Fleshlight girl. So they have something. And, you know, there's also another company, Kiru. They have the launch. Um, I don't know. There's, there's different companies. And um, it's so cool because – and it's revolutionary because when we talk about being immersed in two, and this kind of comes into the virtual reality as well. So imagine virtual reality already immersed. We bring in teledildonics. Teledildonics, even aside on its own, is another thing. You are yeah. bringing the feel – from long distance, like you can be on the other side of the world and like, you know, having this connection and intimate connection with somebody and you throw VR into that and it's like you're there or a lot more closer, not necessarily yeah. like it's the same thing as being there, but the closest thing that you can be. And when we think about and want to incorporate, let's say like as a human, the five senses, you already got the touch going on there, which is a major one. Um, yeah. The vision. You need the smell. I guess, you know what? I, you know what? I, whenever I send <laughs> like panties or socks, I put my signature smell on it or whatever. So I'm like, you could throw the smell in there to smell a vision. I've thought about smell a vision. I'm like, how can we do that? But yeah. Next technology. <laughs> I know, right? But um, yeah, I, I'm sidetracking again, but it, it it's very teledildonics, cyberdildonics, it, it can be very, very intimate, very intimate experience. <laughs> yeah. It would kind of like how I kind of perceive it to be is that you're just kind of like enhancing your experience and like leveling that shit up <laughs> to like, like you're almost there. You're yeah. almost there and you have that closeness, you have that connection and um, it's almost like more quote unquote like realistic. Yeah, it really is. And it's even really, I mean, it is. It's virtual real reality. reality. <laughs> but no, it really is. Um, and it even like whenever you throw in the pleasure aspect to it, because it goes both ways, there's toys and stuff for girls that guys can even um, with Motor Bunny, you can use an app literally from your phone to control what's going on with somebody else's product yeah in a different room in a di where somewhere else literally anywhere else and the fact that they're just like gonna enhance that product like i really i'm i wonder what's going to be the future with more of that cuz i know there's some people that are very very i'd say even obsessed in these major companies that they want to make it work they're going to make yeah. it work and they're going to find a way to get people to I guess spend on more immersive type things and totally and why not though like why not because I don't, I feel like people the, the ultimate goal the ultimate fantasy I want to say not goal but the fantasy is like okay like you are you know in this um this closeness this uh girlfriend experience like virtual sex kind of um I'm like, that's my thing. Yes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like girlfriend experience for sure. And it's like you really, cause like, okay, what, whenever you're playing a game, I don't know if whenever you're playing your VR game, if you um, had the open space, enough open space where you didn't bump into anything, but like, when you do like touch something else, it's like, oh, like it's the <laughs> actual reality, right? That you kind of get knocked back yeah. into. But whenever a guy is literally sitting at his on, on the bed or wherever, and they're either on a headset or at their laptop, they're in, they're stationary. They're literally stationary. And it's the perfect opportunity to add this kind of, um, 
experience, not just to experience it as a whole new experience, but to market even like, what the heck? Like, wow. And as the, it, being somebody in the adult, as both of us being people in the adult industry, like all I've been seeing is like a lot of VR content being pushed out. Maybe, maybe that's mm -hmm. my, like whatever's in my algorithm or whatever. So it's all the <laughs> VR shit coming up, but it's just like, wow, the, I hope that the accessibility, I'm like, oh, I'm answering some questions, but like, I hope accessibility really becomes a lot um, more available to people, especially people that might not have that kind of access or the resource to. Yeah. Do you think that's like a major pitfall uh, for like VR equipment and like VR in general? I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think so. I actually have notes on my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I almost want to pull them out and be like, these are some of the reasons why I kind of try to think about these different things and how to implement and what not to implement and where I'm going in my VR space. Because I, of course, have like people that are like my top customers and whatnot, but how can I involve people to also be brought into that if maybe they don't have a freaking regular steady job where they yeah. can afford to get a dang headset? Yeah. It's, yeah, there's definitely a, yeah, barrier there, I would say, for from for most folks, right? But, like, what, what about, like, I know we briefly mentioned it earlier, too, but, like, what's your take on uh, VR porn and that being a huge new thing as well? <laughs> I like it. I want more people to produce it. I want more people to be, I, like, I would, I, I, you know, I've never been one that has knocked down virtual reality because it is technology. And I've always thought that anything within technology, like as people work on things and invest and whatnot, it can only get better. So like mm -hmm. people in gaming already are so about some of those VR games. Like yeah. it's, it's just a matter of time and you know, maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea, which is fine. But, you know, even these new generations and as we include things like the metaverse with VR and being immersed, like that's just going to be like, that's a whole new generation, like onto newer, I, I don't know, whatever kind of things are going to be happening back or later. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask too. Like, um, yeah, one of my questions too was about like virtual reality and, and metaverse. Like, is there a link between VR reality, like VR reality, virtual reality and the metaverse? Is that like where things are going to go, do you think? I think things are going to go different kinds of ways, to be honest. Uh, and whatever floats different people's boats because some people really do want that full immersed experience i feel the metaverse is definitely and you know there's vr chat and stuff like that like those are like the people that are already like really intrigued and about it and there's people that you know uh sometimes i create just like these little 360 clips that i can put on on Twitter or on Instagram so that people kind of get a feel for it and maybe might want to see something. So like there's a level to like the interest of everybody. Right. But I totally, you know, I, I just see there's just so much potential once somebody really does know a little bit more about the space and what mm -hmm. it provides, like what it really does provide. Yeah, and what doors it can open for people and their their experiences as well. Like, I think that's so important. I think people need to have an open mind, and I understand that people are or can be quite hesitant for for new and emerging technology. There's uh, maybe a degree of skepticism that comes with this, so um, maybe that's why not as many many people are jumping on board just yet. They're just kind of waiting to see how it develops, where it develops, what's going to be developed out of it. Yeah, I've seen some other brands kind of try to do some metaverse -y stuff. And for me, for example, like I'm whenever I think about the metaverse, I think of a lot of different things because like there's so many different things that are considered sex tech in my vision. Some people think it's just like boys and whatnot. But for me, performers are going to be on the metaverse too at some point. I mean, already, they're already. 
And, <laughs> and I get involved in that with projects that I'm doing and try to kind of immerse that metaverse feel. It might not be metaverse with a headset unless you want it to be, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's things like 3D printing and 3D modeling and a whole bunch of like three, they're really immersing 3D modeling into the metaverse type space. And so there's a lot of opportunity there for performers to be a part of it. And if they want to do it for fun, be interested in it, but they're going to start monetizing in some kind of way or another. And you can already do that even with 3D printing, um, Mm -hmm. uh, 3D modeled heads and 3D modeled figures and stuff like that. So there's just a lot of space and room to grow, I think, in all aspects. And of course, there's these things to make it better and more easier to do, right? But we're getting there. We're getting. We're there. getting there. We're getting there. Exactly. Um, I think maybe there might be some benefit for for those who are early adopters, like yourself, just to kind of get ahead of the curve and also just to really educate yourself on VR and where it's going. Like, and just having this whole conversation with the wealth of knowledge that you do have. So, people listening, take note. <laughs> yes, and also like, help us too. When if there's yeah. stuff going on, like we we need you to be aware of what's going on too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know that like we um, wanted to include um, a a conversation around AI and this will just be a really, really brief conversation too because I do have a whole episode coming out in a couple weeks on AI, which is exciting stuff. And yeah, I was curious to like, is there any link between VR and AI at all? Or are they like parallel in any way? I feel like all technologies are very par- parallel in all ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whenever we talk about AI and VR, whenever you go into VR, I'm sure like, you know, you've seen like there's little models of certain people or certain and people get those, let's say people get the inspiration and the images from somewhere to be able to create those certain images. And sometimes a lot of times it's without consent. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I might not be the most knowledgeable and I might not know how to code or whatever, but I do know that the adult industry is a very big part of um, data that's used to be able to use certain things like that. Yes. So I think it's something to keep our eye on and to not, and to be, I guess, try to be ahead of the curve on like, hey, how is this overall going to impact? Because people already know and like have ideas of like, hey, you know, they know it's wrong. And mm-hmm. how we can, what we can do to be better at not being exploited whenever it comes to involving us into these VR and AI spaces and tech spaces and how maybe we can make it beneficial for all companies involved, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you definitely said some really key things there that a lot of it would center around consent and like with the whole thing with that Lens app that came out in December and like a lot of like stolen artwork and stuff. Right the fuck, right? What the fuck? Um, yeah, like we really have to kind of keep our eyes out on that kind of technology and how that might be utilized in a potentially harmful kind of way um, or against us. Like I am currently working with a master's student on her research on um, how some companies are using AI to kind of scan and scour um, full service sex worker ads, like escort ads. And they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to scan um, either images or certain keywords that might quote unquote trigger human trafficking. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, this is problematic. I'm like, but am I surprised really? Like, I believe it, but it's like, no, like, yeah, yeah. I was disappointed to hear that. (laughs) <laughs> really disappointed to hear that because, yeah, the, um, the research student that I'm working with oh, got to interview like a lot of sex workers and kind of get their take on what's happening. And like, do you think this 
kind of technology is more harmful than useful. The overwhelming response to that is definitely harmful and they won't be able to prove anything at all. <laughs> Which I'm also you know, not the thing, is, the thing is too, I I and I just can't help but I feel like saying every time the conversation of like, you know, the industry, the adult industry and sex trafficking is brought up and it's like, you know, the adult industry is not sex sex trafficking. Sex yes. trafficking adult industry are can like separate the main like you know like the set <laughs> doesn't even cross it doesn't even cross because they are let's say i don't know is it the sexual nature i don't know what like there is a there is a business literally business models around and i mean i guess fucking sex trafficking but they're not they're not they're not one and the same it does not equal like yes like and we've said this like many times in the show too, like with the whole like Foster Sesta bill. Yeah, like it's so problematic. And like exploited persons do not have consent. That is a difference. And we are consenting to be in this line of work. Exactly. Mic drop. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say that and you did it. I was like, yep. <laughs> you already know. It's true. It's just like I'm so tired of hearing that like argument and politicians keep trying to push this like very like one note, one sided like deer and headlights view on what human trafficking is. And it is we keep getting conflated with it. Yes. And, you know, the adult industry is not perfect, just like any other industry that there is. Like there's definitely things we can work on just like any other industry. But you know, we're just like any other industry. We just do sex. And I Thank guess the you. sex part is an issue for some people. Yeah. Ugh, which is super frustrating. And some people don't even do sex. You know what? That's what's that, you know? It's so true. It's so true. It's I'm like, like, wait a second. I don't even do sex. And here I am. It's <laughs> funny. I but know. it's not. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I know exactly what I mean. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. It's. Yeah, that's another topic we can – I'm sure we've probably touched on, like, almost every episode on the show because we're all, like, sick and tired of hearing about about that side of things. But um, I would love to – I guess to kind of wrap this portion of our conversation up, like, where where do you see the future of CAM going and, like, VR? Where wh- is there anything new that you've heard in your funnel or <laughs> – there's things that I heard in the past and it was definitely a lot of hate on cam so I'm like you know what look at this revolution like literally it's like we fast forwarded 10 years because when the pandemic happened it was already right right before two years prior to the yeah everything just like and I'm like yep there you go like uh I don't know as far as new. I know VR streaming is probably going to be the new, a new hot thing that goes on, but it is part of Camion and Camion in its own is just such a great thing. I hope there's more people that join the community, you know, and feel mm-hmm. more, more, I'd like to say safe and want to come out and be a part of the community openly. But I understand, you know, people that aren't, but. I mean, I just see so much for Cam. I see so much for Cam. Literally, it's the internet. Cam is it's literally the internet. live stream camming. Mm-hmm. It's sure it's great to have the passive income of clips and whatever and that the monetary aspect, but when it comes to live stream camming, there is an aspect to that in real time that nothing else can re- capture like yeah. It's so true, though. It's so true. And also really fun. (laughs) I know. It really is. You never know when, I don't know, I'm going to say some shit like that can't be edited out. I don't know. Or do something. I don't know. Well, on that note, why don't we move over to a couple questions that came in as well from the audience. Um, The first one is, what kind of changes would you like to see in the next few years in the industry? And this person uh, kind of put an example here for VR spaces and the Latinx sex worker community. So I thought about – I've thought about this a lot actually because I 
the change. It's here. It's happening. It's always going to happen. But specifically around the discrimination, the discrimination in the adult and tech companies, mm-hmm. I would love to see more change and more diversifying um, and more diversity, like on all levels that goes from the top down, like, and for, I actually want to um, mention Groovy. Um, oh yeah. I think it's Groovy. And uh, I think they just got the Groovy girls, right? They got a new brand ambassador and shouts to her because she's a fellow Latina. She's Mexican. Oh, and amazing. I, for a while was, you know, congratulations to her. And I'm like, I love to see it. Whoever made that happen, whatever from the final decision to whoever suggested this performer to be a representation of the trans community as a Mexican Latina. That makes me so happy. Yes. I love seeing I know. And I saw something <laughs> on, on Twitter recently when something, um, many vids of the year, something. Oh, and I was like, oh my God. That's like, awesome. She's also Latina. And I was, and it's just like, I was really upset at the industry for a minute. Sometimes I can't be still upset because I feel mm-hmm. there still needs to be more community and involvement with oh, absolutely. the platforms and the government as well. But yeah. I, I just love seeing more representation among Latinos and there's a lot more that we can do. And I feel like that we deserve the recognition and not only to be recognized, but to celebrate those, those things. And that's, I need to find more of our community so that we can have that, like, you know, Hey, like another one of us is doing good. Like, let's all like, you know, support each other with that because celebrate it. Exactly. Exactly. That's super important. Well, you'll be happy. I I, I am interviewing another Latina for next week. (laughs) So yeah, we're bringing on Cami Strella onto the show. We'll be well, talking I'm going to definitely see that episode. Yeah, yeah. I'll be right, right after yours, which is really exciting. And like even like what I like to do in my show too is to really try to diversify as much as I can as well. And because um, I think it's really important because we are also a minority, huge minority. And also, as you mentioned earlier, fetishized in many different ways and just want to see more of us up here. <laughs> Yes, I agree. And then whenever we all come together, it's like awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need each other. We really need each other. Yeah, we do, and it's it's so important. So it, it's really great to have us like celebrate these kind of moments because that's what I want. Thank fun. you, thank you for having me here. Like, I was so happy <laughs> and honored. I was like, oh my god, like yes, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but there is one more question that came in as well, so we'll do that and then we'll plug all the things because we want everyone to find you. So I think this is a really important question too, but um, what do you do for self-care slash to decompress from work? I eat really good and sleep. Yes. Whenever I say I sleep, I sleep. (laughs) Um, And I love to get spoiled. Like as far as self-care, I know that might not necessarily be me, but like when somebody – provides my self-care for me that's even better yes such a treat sleep and also sleep (laughs) sleep is the best i'm like i i also want to i guess sometimes i don't know if this counts though like i like to extend wherever i travel like i like to add a week or however long it is wherever it is but I just like to extend my stay in different cities or countries that I visit for work because I'm like, I I want to indulge and enjoy this experience. And I feel like that, that definitely can be self-care for sure. Oh, that definitely counts for sure. Yeah. You got to treat yourself, you know, like, like it's really hard for us to, to turn off sometimes and like not work. (laughs) Yes. Especially because we are on our own time. So it's like, Oh, it's all the time. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) 
But no, sound advice. Um, and uh, yeah, and I loved your answers too because they're, they're very similar to mine as well, eating and sleeping and traveling, which is literally my life. So, <laughs> but, 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 Banksy, where can we all find you? So y'all can find me everywhere on my website, BanksyTV.com. I have YouTube, Banksy TV. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and maybe TikTok sometime soon. Yes. <laughs> A goal for 2023. <laughs> ah, some people's goals. We'll see. I'm like, ah, I might. We'll see. Okay. I know. It's like, it's it's a lot sometimes. And you're just like, oh, my God. Everything is content. Everything is content. <laughs> yes, yes, literally. At my food, I was recording yesterday. Oh, this is content. That was a good meal. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So everyone, please uh, follow, like, share, comment, subscribe, do all the things for Miss Banksy. Um, you know where to find her. And for everyone else listening at home or wherever you are in your commute or whatever you're doing right now, it's Stripped by Sia on Twitter, on Instagram, strippedbysia.com if you want to pitch yourself to be on the show or just give me any kind of feedback. Um, again, my Patreon is patreon.com slash strippedbysia. And you can find me in all major podcast platforms. Just be sure to subscribe. Um, I would love if you want to rate five stars on Apple. That's just how a lot of people can find the show and gain access to the show. It's a free resource for everybody. So please do that. Um, give me your honest reviews and ratings. And <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all better do five stars. Do five stars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it's new episodes every single Sunday dropping at midnight. So, yeah, we'll stay tuned for another episode next week. Thank you so much for joining me, Banksy. It was so much fun. Bye. (laughs) Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia. Hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Music by Ted D. Graphic design by Maria Bellandorama and photography by Ian Davern. <laughs>